Some might say teaching is a gift, that the ability to instruct, clarify, inspire and motivate others to learn is an innate skill. Instead, being a professional educator involves way more than simply enjoying explaining a particular subject we are completely passionate about. That being said, to paraphrase Simone de Beauvoir, one is not born a teacher, but becomes one. And the roads that lead us here had a few rocky stretches. What if we had taken a different turn back there? Have you ever wondered what you would do for a living if you had the chance to start fresh? I am Igor Melo, a teacher at Cultura Inglesa, and when I was a kid, I thought I'd be a history teacher when I grew up. I am Caio Copato, a teacher at Cultura Inglesa, and when I was a kid, I used to be a handful to some of my teachers. Yes, karma is a thing, after all. And I'm William Bueno, I'm also an English teacher at Cultura Inglesa, and even though teaching wasn't what I pictured myself doing when I was a kid, I'm glad I've pursued this career. And this is the Cultura Inglesa podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa podcast. So, we're back. Uh, as you've probably noticed from our introduction, today we'll be talking about teaching, which means we'll be sharing many of our experiences. Uh, welcome to the English podcast. Um, Caio, uh, I have a question for you. Uh, did you have a favorite teacher at school? Uh, who was it and why did you like them? Um... Well, definitely, yes. I, I, I can remember a lot of teachers I used to look up to or admire in different ways uh, throughout my, my educational career. Um, but then for different reasons, right? I think that when we are, we are kids, Uh, we used to enjoy teachers who were fun and who would all always bring funny activities or maybe as teenagers we used to like those who who would show themselves as a, a human being rather than just an instructor and would like share a few things about their personal lives and uh, tell us uh, funny stories and uh, you know just to to crack a laugh or two uh, throughout the lessons uh, these kind of things um so without mentioning any names here so i i, I won't hurt any <laughs> past <laughs> teachers feelings i guess that overall those would be the personality traits let's say of uh, teachers uh, i used to To, to love when I was younger. What about you, Bill? Can you remember any? Yeah, I, I remember one. Uh, it was uh, uh, it was in high school, right? And 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 her name was uh, Angela, and she was a Portuguese and also uh, an English teacher. And I I really uh, looked up to her for two reasons. 
First, she made an effort to teach, even though I, I've always studied at, at uh, public schools, right? And I mean, the English, usually English lessons in public schools are not, you know, uh, they are not carried out in English. Uh, actually, I think this is rare for most schools. I don't know nowadays because a lot has changed, but that, but that was like late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Um, so our younger audience now is probably shocked by hearing that. Yeah, so, but anyway, and the thing is, she, she really uh, tried her best to teach the whole lesson in English, man. And that was really uh, revolutionary, let's say, at that time, you know, for a public school. And I mean, most people didn't care. They didn't pay attention. They, they fell asleep during the lesson. But I always uh, sat, even though I used to sit in the back, you know, but for this lesson, I used to go all the way to the, 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 yeah, the desks at the front, sit there, interact with her, speak English all the time because I really enjoyed it. And I think that that was great. So that, that was the first reason. And the second reason why I admire her so much is because once I said something like, oh, yeah, because I mean, obviously it was just me and a few, uh, maybe a couple of other students. The, 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 the class was like 35 students, I guess. And I think only maybe a, a girl and a, another one of the boys that tried to interact with her in English during the class. And once I said something like, ah, yeah, because, you know, my English is really good or something like that. And then she said, look, yes, you, you have a good English, but it's not excellent. You, you still have a lot to learn, man. When she said that, obviously, at first I was afraid. I was petrified. No, I'm joking. I, I was kind of like, wow, um, man, that, that, that's shock. I mean, that, that's not something you expect a teacher to tell you. Like, right be honest, right? <laughs> exactly. But I think that I was too full of myself maybe at that time because, you know, I spoke English and most of my friends didn't or, or, or they didn't try hard or they didn't want to. But anyway, and that, that really uh, made me think like, yes, I mean, I, I still have a lot to learn. I'm just a beginner. I, and I, 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 I had studied just like a, a year and a half, I think like formally, you know, So, yeah, I, I think that that was great. I mean, so, sometimes we are kind of afraid of being frank and, and bold yeah. and, and sincere. But I, I think that it, it might have a more positive uh, effect than a, a negative one, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and I think it's a true fact that uh, teenagers often are, uh, you know, overconfident about their... Uh, skills, right? And not only, uh, you know, English speaking skills, but uh, we, it's, I, I guess that when we are younger, we are, we're not so self-aware of our <laughs> capacities and our limitations, let's <laughs> say. Exactly. Uh, especially those of us who are like, let's say, uh, have always been high flyers, right? Uh, or yeah. like, we're like, more at ease with uh, you know learning languages mm -hmm. and other we, we tend to become like full of ourselves and then i guess that uh, hearing that uh, but uh, you know with 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 enough evidence right like you know, there are areas you need to improve mm -hmm. right like maybe mm -hmm. well your pronunciation is not quite perfect or maybe um, you tend to overuse uh, some words you could work more on expanding your vocabulary i think that this is very 
very important and profitable uh, as a learner, right? So Definitely. that's great having having a, a teacher, uh, having the opportunity, right, to to come across a teacher like that. Definitely. What about you, Igor? Uh, what was your your experience uh, with your teachers back in Rio? Uh, well, uh, I, I had uh, many teachers that I was quite fond of, uh, but uh, hearing Bill uh, talk about his English teacher made me think of an English teacher that I had at school and that I really liked. Uh, her name was Maria Amelia. She wasn't Brazilian. She was actually Portuguese. So she, she had this... Uh, great accent <laughs> that uh, came with uh, when she spoke English. Um, and, and what um, impressed me the most about her is that she was probably the kindest teacher I've ever had. Uh, she was always willing to listen to us. Um, well, her teaching skills aside, which were great because I, I remember many lessons that uh, she taught and I was, well, much younger than I am now. Uh, but I think that what stood out for me was definitely her kindness. Uh, and we've been talking about things that we consider uh, important in teachers. So this is definitely uh, something I would add to the list. Excellent. Um, and well, but I don't know if this teacher would be your choice for the next question, Bill, uh, but uh, feel free <laughs> to repeat yourself if it's the case, because what I'd like to know from you if, uh, is, is there a teacher who inspires or inspired you uh, in your daily teaching practice? And if so, why and how did the person inspire you? Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, if, if I think about what I do, what I've been doing for uh, years and years uh, at Couture Inglesa, especially, uh, I, I've been working here for uh, 12 years, I think. Uh, I, I don't think there's only one teacher that I can think of or who inspired me, but but I think that it's, it's the things that practically every teacher uh, does and things that you pick up like when you observe a lesson for example if you are a culture English student you know that this often happens right you are there and suddenly there's like another teacher in the in the room or on, on zoom whatever and okay so today this is my colleague and he, he or she is going to observe the lesson we do that exa exactly for this reason right because we have a lot to learn from, from each other and, and sometimes a teacher does something that might Uh, sound simple uh, for us teachers, like, you know, as far as teaching practices are concerned and procedures and methodology, but sometimes it's like, man, how come I never thought of that? You know, I'll definitely try it with my students. And it, it usually works, you know, and, and I, I think that, uh, I think that the, the whole inspiration thing Uh, anyone could, any teacher could inspire you somehow because there's always something that they do and, man, that's true, you know, I'm gonna try that or maybe I haven't 
been paying attention to this and and I, and I think that our reality has changed uh, has changed so drastically over the past couple of years because of remote teaching that it's a whole new you know it's a whole new world I mean it's a, uh, everything is new everything is different also I think we have a lot to uh, learn uh, fr from our peers you know what, what about you Caio do you agree <laughs> I do, man. I do. Uh, look, looking back, uh, I've been teaching for for about 12 years, and uh, for half of that time, I've been teaching at Cultura. And then, of course, that uh, we're always in touch with fellow teachers, and we we do uh, talk about our practices and ideas, and share our experiences quite a lot. The, mm -hmm. the teacher's room yeah mm -hmm. so uh, it, it would be really unfair to to choose names again mm -hmm. here right I know I know I'm being very very political here right not to mention <laughs> names but uh, of course that there, there are there are some people that they strike a bigger impact on us than other for different reasons. I have a very good friend, and if she's listening to this episode, she 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 will know who she is. That she uh, she was very supportive of me when I started teaching. Uh, she was the one who uh, got me my first job as a teacher, and I've learned a lot from her. And uh, I I I think she's she's the kind of teacher Bill described, right? So she has worked in a quite. A lot of different teaching contexts, uh, language institutes, and regular schools as well. And uh, she's very dedicated as a teacher. Uh, uh, whoever uh, she's teaching, right? Whatever group profile she has, she makes sure she makes sure that or that she always delivers the best for that group. She's always interested in learning what their their uh, her students. Uh, are interested in to make lessons more more fun, more relevant to them, and I guess that uh, that that has taught me a lot about uh, this more let's say um, affective side of learning, isn't it? But I guess that uh, on the let's say on the technical side of it, uh, and then, and then here uh, I swear I'm not trying to you know polish any apples right i'm not, I'm not trying to <laughs> you know to I'm, I'm not just saying that but uh i think that here at cultura we have uh, plenty of opportunity to learn from other teachers as well and, and that's yes. way more than in any other place where i've worked before and that starts from our academic department our academic coordinators that are our very first contact uh, with, uh, you know, the the staff, the teaching staff at Cultura. Mm -hmm. I remember that uh, the first contact I have with an academic coordinator watching one of her sessions, I was really impressed to the way she managed the lesson, managed her time, and how the stages of the lessons were like very well defined, and everything was very clear to me. So. I think that uh, my admiration for uh, uh, you know uh, educators and uh, English language teachers overall really changed that day. 
and then as Bill mentioned, uh, we have uh, a lot of opportunities to observe each other's lessons and take part in initiatives that uh, foster our professional development. So I think that makes a big difference and that impacts not only students, but it definitely contributes a lot to our own uh, self-development. Do you have the same impression, uh, Igor? Well, uh, I, I have to say that um, I, I had many teachers who inspired me in different ways. Um, probably um, the ones who had the greatest impact on me were the teachers I had in university. They, uh, pretty much shaped the way I teach, but also the way I approach uh, our students, uh, which is um, to think about them in very human terms, because even though we, we have groups, and sometimes certain groups aren't small, uh, you, you're still able, if you make an effort, to uh, recognize and acknowledge them as individuals and uh, each different student has different needs, uh, preferences and uh, wishes. So uh, maybe one person is there because uh, their parents are making them, uh, other people are there because they want to uh, live outside the country permanently or you know just to go on an exchange program. Um, some people are there because they want to understand films and music better. So we get uh, people from all sizes, shapes and walks of life. Um, and I think learning how to deal with uh, this diversity is uh, how these teachers I had inspired me. Um, We've talked about um, good things about teaching, but teaching is not always a walk in the park, right? Um, the thing is, I guess we know it's more important to focus on the good things. Uh, we have to see the glass half full. So uh, what two things would you say to people who want to become teachers in their future? Well, um, I guess that one thing that um, uh, unfortunately, or maybe not, uh, I have discovered uh, later on in my professional career is the importance of uh, this uh, practical teaching courses or certifications, right? Such as, uh, you know, the CELDA, for instance. And, and other ones, because had I known uh, some of this when I started, I think that my life would have been much easier in my early years. So I think that I would definitely recommend to those who intend to become teachers to uh, sit these certifications, uh, take these courses, 
in order to learn more about lesson planning, about um, group management, time management, about devising uh, lessons and activities. Because I think that uh, when we start as teachers, when we are very green and uh, inexperienced, we tend to overdo, we tend to, you know, invest a lot of time and effort on things because we want, always with good intentions, of course, we want to, to you know, provide our learners the best, but uh, we, we don't know exactly how or why we are making some choices. I think that uh, when you have that background, when you have a, a, a certification, and you know why you're making some choices, then that mm -hmm. helps you enormously mm -hmm. in the amount of time you invest. Yeah? And then, um, let's be honest, right? Uh, as, as teachers, we tend to work uh, way too much uh, when when it comes what we do uh, outside the classroom, right? That's so true. our job starts way before the lesson, and it usually continues uh, after the lesson is done. So mm -hmm. I guess that you know uh, having uh, that that knowledge, right, and uh, knowing how to to plan lessons better, more efficiently, it's something that I wish I had known before. And I guess that uh, a second tip I would give to those who intend to become teachers is when preparing your lesson, make sure you make choices based on what you would enjoy to be discussing right i guess that the the truth is uh, if you are enjoying yourself if you are having fun if you are interested about uh, the discussion you're promoting in class so will your students be yeah so uh, i guess that this is something that comes uh, with uh, professional maturity and also it comes with what I mentioned before about making informed decisions. Uh, being able to decide, uh, do I want to, to teach this topic this way? Do I want to use this text to talk about it? Do I really want to use that video? Do I want to approach this subject this way? Right. So I think that it's about that, right? Make sure you are enjoying what you're offering your students because if you are enjoying it, your students will enjoy it as well. Yeah. Uh, can, can I just say something before we move on, Bill? Um, course, I, I think this is uh, definitely uh, one of the aspects that come with um, professional development, but not only development as in uh, certifications and qualifications, which definitely are important, uh, but developing as a human being as you go along, uh, as Caio said, because uh, it's about taking uh, other people into account, right? So you think about others uh, before yourself, 
and I guess this human aspect to teaching is probably one of the things that I like most about uh, our profession. Fantastic, man. Now, uh, Bill, I'm sorry, but I cut you off. So, uh, no, of course not. Please go on. Uh, what two things would you say to people who want to become teachers? No, don't worry. You didn't cut me off. I, I hadn't. I hadn't started because I, 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 I knew you had something, uh, you know, great to to bring to the table. And actually, that that is exactly what I was going to say. Because I mean, when when you you posed the question, and then I was thinking about it, I. Uh, I was gonna say exactly this one. I think empathy is the most important thing because I mean you have to put yourself in your students' shoes. Uh, would you like to, for example, on a Saturday at 7:30 a.m., would you like to read a two-page text to kick off the the, the lesson? You know, as a student, um, and, and again. Uh, when, when I ask, uh, when, 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 you know, when I ask this question, it's not like you, you, Caio, you, Igor, or me, Bill. It's like your student. Like you, you have to know your group, know your student's profile. And of course, uh, in a group with 10, 15, 20 students, obviously, it's really hard to absolutely like please every single one of them. But I mean, you have to make... As Caio said, I really liked this expression that he used, informed decisions, right? So based on your uh, academic background and your research and your knowledge, but also on how much you know your, your learners. It's very important to, to be aware of what they like, of what they don't like. And this is something that you pick up after a couple of lessons, you know, like their reactions. You have to measure their, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's say satisfaction and, and, and how they respond to a few activities that you propose. Um, and, and then based on all that, you know, you can actually choose like the best way, as Caio said, to approach one thing or the other. So I definitely agree. The other thing that I was going to say is that you cannot, uh, and, and that's, that's something that I learned the hard way. Uh, fortunately, I taught for six years or seven years before I joined Couture Inglês. I, I worked at other schools. And then when I joined Couture Inglês, I think I had a better, you know, sense of, of the whole thing. But uh, you cannot think, you cannot possibly assume that you are a good teacher just because you are charismatic. Uh, your, your students having a good time and laughing and having fun and wow, time flew by. That's great, but that's not enough, okay? So if you if you think you're like the funny guy, you know, you crack jokes and you 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 get people's attention and you are able to, you know, you are like eloquent and stuff. Okay, that's that's not enough to actually teach. You may entertain people for like two three hours on a Saturday morning, but I mean, are you really passing on the knowledge? that, you know, these people, they are there spending their, their time and, and probably their money as well because they want something in return, not just fun. So it's not a stand-up comedy show or, you know, like uh, just a get-together and, yeah, let's, you know, have some fun. No, you, you need to teach, man. I mean, that's our job. So your students, they must leave the class 
uh, having learned uh, lots of new stuff and, you know, acquired new skills, etc. So charisma is not, uh, you know, enough to be considered a, a good um, and, 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 you know, efficient, let's say, teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I, as I said in the beginning, right, Bill? I think <laughs> that this is something that... Uh, I used to admire ball teachers when I was younger, right? Because <laughs> to be very honest, as a teenager, as a child, yeah. I was not very interested exactly. in learning the content, right? Exactly. I think that sometimes uh, we, we may have that wrong impression, not only about teachers, right? But about people overall, right? Just because a person is charismatic, the person makes me laugh. It doesn't really mean that person is doing me well. Mm. Food for thought. Here. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> no, that's that's definitely true. Um, and you know, I, I was thinking about a number of things that I've seen happen since I started teaching, and uh, this was something that I quickly realized is that being popular isn't enough. <laughs> uh, some sometimes it can be conducive to better learning. Sure. Uh, after all, if you're bored to death, it will probably <laughs> be harder to learn anything, but you will still be able to do it. Now, if there is no learning taking place, despite lots of laughter uh, in your classroom, then some things should definitely be revisited, I'd say. Uh, and I, I keep thinking of what happens when uh, students come in and it's someone's birthday and they want to celebrate. So, oh, we've bought cake, uh, there are snacks and everything. And, and I have to say, well, I've come here to work and so have you. So <laughs> let's save that for the last 15 minutes. I swear we'll have fun. But sometimes, you know, we just really need to focus. And um, we don't do this because we don't want to have fun, but it's because we know that it's not enough, right? And it's also part of our, our work ethics. Because we've told people who are listening to us in this podcast episode that um, teaching is great. And they probably, uh, they're probably thinking now that all well, these, these guys uh, wouldn't do anything else in life. They were born to teach. But, you know, as we said right at the beginning, we, we all become teachers and we come and we become teachers because of our students. Uh, but what I'd like to know is uh, if you weren't a teacher, right? Uh, if you hadn't become an English teacher, what would you guys be doing right now? Mm, that's a tough question. Well, uh, I, I, I might do us all a favor and go first since I yes. was the one who posed sure. the question. But for Please. me, this is an easy one because if I weren't teaching English, I'd be teaching something else. I, I'd be a, a ballet teacher because oh. um, uh, 
well, prior to my teaching career, I was also a dancer. So wow. <laughs> I, 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 I said at the beginning that I, I would like to be a history teacher when I was a child, but then I, I, I grew up to teach other things, you know. So if I weren't an English teacher, I would still be in classrooms, um, which, you know, means I have no escape. There's no salvation in the end. <laughs> What about instead of that? Instead of desks, it would be like a huge dance floor, your classroom. Yeah, not yeah. bad, right? Not bad. Not bad at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I I probably have mentioned that before in another episode of the podcast, but um, I've got a major in. Um, social communication and I have an habilitation in uh, audiovisual. So I originally intended to be a producer, a video producer or an audio producer. That was my uh, plan <laughs> for my adult life. And then life life happened, something happened along the way and then I landed on, on, on teaching which was something that came as uh, an awesome surprise because I, I fell in love with it. And this is something that I, I really, really enjoy doing. It, it, it really gives me pleasure way more than uh, working with, uh, you know, videos and, and, and cameras and, and all of that. Even though this is something that I also like doing, But uh, it, it brings me, uh, I think, uh, some some kind of uh, you know fulfillment that maybe has a lot to do with what Igor mentioned before, which is this uh, human interaction, right? I think that the the joy of, of being able to to pass on some kind of knowledge and be a facilitator and promote learning and then um, realize that you help other people to go further it's something that uh, goes beyond any any kind of uh, you know professional uh, achievement i guess Uh, so maybe if I had to choose any other career uh, other than teaching, I think that it would have to do with helping people uh, in similar ways. Maybe, maybe I would be a psychologist because there's something that fascinates me a lot about uh, people. It's, it's our minds, right? So I think that um, this is something that I, you know, I dream of, uh, you know, studying and dedicating some time to one day. So maybe, maybe if I had to choose, if I was not a teacher whatsoever, maybe I would work with something related to, to psychology or, or something like that. What about you, Bill? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean... I could, you know, I could spend a whole episode talking about this because I absolutely love imagining, you know, uh, alternate uh, realities, you know, and like, man, what if I had taken, what if I had chosen a different path, you know, similar to that 
Marvel show, I think it's What If or something. I've never watched it, but I thought the premise what was if, very yes. interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I always like to imagine these, you know, like a, a, a different Bill out there in a parallel universe doing something different. I think that when, when you think about like choosing a career or something, you have uh, some different categories. So it's there are like the dream jobs. So jobs that you probably will never be able to do because, I mean, it's, it's all about luck and talent, right? In my case, for example, because of, obviously, if I could choose like a dream job, like the ultimate one would be that definitely be like a, a, a musician, you know, and, and like tour, uh, playing concerts and singing and playing guitar around the world because this is like the thing I, I like most. But um, being a bit more realistic, you know, uh, when I was a teenager and I was like, kind of like shaping my, you know, my, my academic or, you know, professional uh, start, let's say, uh, in high school and then choosing university courses and stuff, it was definitely IT, you know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't used to call it IT back then. <laughs> you know, but uh, but definitely, you know, coding and programming, and uh, I also did some courses on um, graphic design, which I I really liked. But always, you know, uh, something to do with computers. I absolutely loved, and I still do actually. But I didn't invest too much. Uh, I didn't invest so much time, and you know, uh, I didn't do so many courses. But I, I really liked. Uh, I remember that one of the huge things that I, you know, I, I thought it was going to be huge was when Linux uh, started to be popular, and I did a six-month course on Linux. I learned how to, you know, use it, and and uh, it was interesting because I mean, uh, this whole like, technology thing. At that time, uh, it was promising. It was a promising area, but sometimes I think maybe if, if I if I had known back then how important and how present uh, mobile apps would be, because I mean smartphones didn't exist, right? We never thought that smartphones would be what they are now. So I think programming was was kind of like a niche, uh, you know, area of work because it was mostly programming for like company softwares and maybe a, a small business that had one of those you know uh, register customers software and stuff that that's what we mostly did and then apps became like a huge thing right nowadays apps are like everything we use apps all the time for everything so it's really interesting because i think that that is definitely one of the most um prominent areas and and lots of my students even kids you know teenagers they are learning how to code and how uh, they are learning like programming languages i think this is absolutely great and and you can also join things right so like uh you could maybe develop stuff or work on projects that are also that that, that also have something to do with education so teaching apps or you know stuff like uh, language learning apps and I, th I think that it's great to you know combine and and merge these types of uh, different fields right into a, a common goal i don't know what Very about well. you? Uh, it it makes a lot of sense and i think many people uh, who are listening to us have probably considered in the past few years 
whether they should pursue a career in uh, something related to technology. Many people have, right? Uh, like programming, as you said. So it makes sense that you too, like many other people, would <laughs> decide to embark on this journey. Definitely. Well, now it's time for How Do You Say? The part of our show in which we ask each other vocabulary questions related to the conversation we've just had. Caio, um, I, I asked you um, at the beginning of the episode if you had a favorite teacher at school and you talked about how many people like teachers who uh, crack a laugh. Uh, uh -huh. what, what does that mean? Can you tell our audience? Oh, sure. Um... Uh, well, we, we say that when other people, well, say something funny, right? Uh, makes a joke or simply makes us laugh, right? So we say uh, that or maybe we can say, well, that teacher cracks me up, right? Or that joke cracked me up, which means makes me laugh. It was really, really funny. And uh, Bill... Uh, When you were talking about your, your, your experiences and, and opinions there, you, you use that phrase, which is to pass on knowledge. Uh, what, what, what does that mean? What's, what's to pass on in, the, in that context? Yeah, so uh, pass on would be something like to... So you have something and then you pass it on, let's say, to other people. So you transmit that somehow and that's the foundation of our job as teachers, you know? So we have this knowledge of English that we have acquired and then we pass it on to our, you know, learners. Igor, you, you, you used a very beautiful word uh, when you were talking about skills that we have and they might be conducive to, to learning. Can you explain that, please? Sure. Uh, if something is conducive to learning, it helps you learn better, right? So, um, let's say having a safe atmosphere in which you feel you can say anything without being judged is something that is conducive to learning. Uh, being in uh, a judgmental environment, on the other hand, is not conducive to learning, right? Because you feel that anything you say might be picked on by other people so mm -hmm. uh, we should try to uh, do things which are only conducive to learning not the other way around great um, i have another question for you kai uh, you talked about devising activities uh, when you were uh, talking about the interesting things we do as teachers. What does it mean to devise an activity or devise something? Sure. Uh, devise is uh, simply another word for creating something, right? So when we devise an activity or if we devise a plan, it means that uh, we can come up with an idea 
usually something that we need to use our mental skills, right? Our intelligence in order to create or invent something for for a specific purpose. And uh, Bill, I also recall you used the word uh, niche. You said, "Oh, this might be niche." Uh, What does what does it mean? Are, are you talking about the the German philosopher, <laughs> the one who went mad? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, but that's that's a very interesting topic for a future episode. But anyway, uh, actually, niche. I, I I guess it comes from French, but I, I mean, I'm not sure. But probably, yeah. Uh, niche is is something at least in business because that's what we were talking about it's something very specific you know for a very specific uh, audience let's say a very specific public so it's not something that is widely let's say advertised or consumed you know everywhere or by everyone but it's something very niche very specific it has its own identity and and a, a much smaller let's say target audience Okay, and then another thing that Igor mentioned, when we were talking about the teachers who have inspired us, Igor said that there was something in a specific teacher, a particular teacher, that really stood out for him. So could you just clarify that, Igor, please? Sure. Uh, when something stands out, it's because it calls our attention, uh, usually because it's better than other things that it's being compared to. So if something or someone stands out, it's because it's special. So we tend to pay more attention to it. Great. Awesome. And uh, if you haven't heard these terms in our conversation, you may listen to this episode again and try to spot them all. As usual, it has been a true joy to talk about teaching. It's always inspiring, I think, and it was great to share these views and experiences with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us, and hopefully that it's been inspiring to you as well. Follow us on Instagram and tag us at Cultura Inglesa Oficial with your opinions. Once again, thank you very much, Caio and Bill, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank, Thank you, you Igor. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast.